Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I am your gracious host, Xavier. And today, I got a legendary, a legendary, amazing episode on the way. So if y'all listening, y'all watching, make sure y'all like, y'all share this with a friend, family member, because this information is about to be transformative. Like, I, I can't even describe it. I'm super excited to have this gentleman on the show. And his name is Sean Mike. Welcome to the show, brother. Glad to have Thanks you. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you, dude. Definitely, definitely. And getting right to it. So for the people, this may be there. They might be stuck under a rock. This is their first time seeing you. First time hearing of mm -hmm. you. Just, just give some brief background on who you are. All right. Well, first of all, I really appreciate you having me, man. You got great energy and you got a great product. You've done some amazing things for Thank people. Thank you. And Thank when you. I asked you what you, what got you excited about doing it, you said about giving back to people, like a fly in the wall, man. And that that excites me. So I, um, I was born and raised in Connecticut, you know, uh, single ma. My mother raised me and my brother, and uh, she had us young. And uh, she finished high school, and I watched my mom struggle, work three jobs her whole life. I watched my mom uh, talk about transformative. When I was about 12, my mom got her real estate license. Okay. And uh, I was, like, really excited. I watched my mom in a little one-bedroom apartment. My mom was getting up wearing, like, nicer clothes, and she was going to go become, in her mind, a successful businesswoman. And everybody around her was telling her she couldn't do it, right? You know, oh, wow. if it was that easy, everybody could do it, that kind of deal. She worked at a hospital plant. She, like, put a thing on her hair, like a hairnet. She worked in a bar at night. And uh, she'd do anything else she could to make money. And I remember after about 60 days, my mom quit. Came in, she's like, this is real estate. She went on about why she couldn't do it, why it wouldn't work. And I remember thinking to myself, I love my mom, but no matter what happens in my life, I ain't never going to give up on myself, right? The one thing my mom did give me was unconditional love, which is actually, a lot of people say I have a low self-image. And scientifically, they say the number one cause of low self-image is lack of unconditional love as people grow up. My mom loved me. Like I knew that part, you know, no matter what else was going on in my life, how messed up it was, she loved me. So I, uh, at 17, you served our country. And thank you for that. At 17, I went down to the Connecticut Armory and I'm like, I'm gonna be a Marine. Okay. Like, that's my deal. So I went down to the ASFAB, got all excited. I was 17, graduating high school. I'd already, been, I mean, I get in trouble all the time, get arrested. I drank a lot, I partied a lot. Um, and my mom said, you're not going to join the military. I want you to go to college. And I'm like, I don't want to go to college. And um, back then, we were afraid of our parents because they whooped the shit out Different of us. Now. Different. You know, me <laughs> said to me, your mom might put you in timeout. I said, my mother would hit me so hard, I'd be timed out. You know, put me in a timeout. <laughs> and I went, to, I, went to, I went to a JUCO to play baseball. So I was like, I'm only going if I can play sports. I went to play baseball. Then I transferred to four-year school. In my freshman year, I was a business major. Okay. But what bothered me about the business program was none of the people teaching me were actually business people. So I started asking him, like, hey, man, can you tell me about, like, your business experience? Like, you're teaching me about, you know, like, organizational development and business management. And I realized they were just full-time teachers. So I was like, this, this is bullshit. I ain't going to do this. And I became a social work major. And uh, because those people actually worked during the day and they were taught at night or worked at night and taught during the day. So graduated after about a year and a half, I was playing ball. And my baseball coach said, what are you going to do after, after college? I said, I'm going to play professional baseball. And he's like, no, you're not. He's like, dude, there's thousands of people that do what you do. He said, well, I'll give you some advice. He said, you're charismatic, you're not stupid, and you're a hard worker. He said, go make something of yourself. Don't get stuck in this game forever. It'll never feed you financially. You'll never make enough money. The majority of people that mess with sports and hold on too long are broke. I'll never forget that. Pissed him off because I quit right away. He's like, I meant at the end of college. I was like, no, dude, I'm out now. And uh, I did. I quit on the spot. I, th I thank him for it to this day. And, uh, you know, got done with college and I had jobs left and right, worked at UPS. I worked at McDonald's when I was in high school, worked at UPS for years, unloading trucks. 
um, and you know, cut lawns, do whatever you could do. And I worked as a child protective services worker. I worked with abused, neglected children in the state of Connecticut for 13 years. So mm -hmm. I did that. I got my real estate license early, really, I think, because my mom had hers. And I was making myself some money. And um, man, I've insurance, real estate, waste management. I've owned tons oh, of companies. Man. I've had a lot of successes. I've had failures. And I've learned a ton along the way. So, um, and, I'm, and I, I think my, my heart aligns a lot with what you said earlier, dude. I just want to see people know they can do it. Mm -hmm. I've met a lot of really rich people. And what I've realized is uh, they ain't smarter than we are. They don't necessarily have anything we don't have, except for they had a different foundation growing up. And I'm like, what if we could get that, teach it to people, create it ourselves? Somebody's got to break that curse in their family, right? Like, I went to college. I think I was the first one that graduated college. I don't know anybody else that did. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of things I wanted to be first at in my family and changes. So that's it, dude. I mean, had a lot of success, a lot of failures, and... Now I'm here talking to you, mm. and you famous, so I must be doing something okay. <laughs> you, man, you got a, you got a lot I want to touch on. You talked about the foundation that you said these success, successful people they don't really they may not be smarter of us, but they mm -hmm. had that foundation. So, what is that foundation? What are those things? I think the understanding of business, right? The thing about business is that first of all, I was a big fan of finding things that everybody needed to have, right? Everybody needs real estate. People are always going to buy and sell. They're always going to rent. Always. That's 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 never going to change, right? Um, waste management. People are always going to throw stuff out. Somebody got to pick it up and take it somewhere, right? Insurance. People always they need life insurance, right? I wanted staples. I wanted things that I think you have to decide: Are you somebody that will invent something? Because we have a lot of serial inventors who never invent anything, they make any money, and they create that's stuff true. all the time that they can't monetize. So my mind doesn't work that way. Nor does ninety nine point nine percent of the minds of people but they spend all their time in this fictitious world. And I think the people that I know that are wealthy or rich, it depends on what your definition is, they were taught the entire time growing up, they watched people make money, they watched people invest back in their businesses, they learned about taxes, they learned about business law, they learned things that we didn't learn. But dude, now I know a lot of those things. I've learned them, so why not pass them on to as many people as we can? And I think also what they believe, they believed in themselves, they have a belief in themselves. And me, while my mom loved me, nobody ever spoke. Dude, when I started like making money, my mom freaked out. Really? Oh, hell yeah. Why? Because, well, in fairness, I did a lot of stupid shit growing up. And I think she thought I was doing stupid shit to, to make money. money. Oh. Like I bought a jet. My mom was like, um, what do you mean you're going to come pick me up in your plane? I said, well, mom, I bought a plane, you know. She said, one of them little planes? I said, no, like a jet jet. She said, how do you afford that? I said, well, I have this life insurance company make money. She said, I hope it's okay and I hope it's legal. And the reason she said that was when you have a broke mindset, you can't fathom that you'll jump that many income groups, right? Like most people that are raised poor, lower middle class, lower class, whatever you want to talk about, impoverished, dude, they don't, they can't see that them leaving those, those, that's why I don't like politicians, mm. any of them. So I, you can't argue with me. I don't like any of them. So whatever side you're on, it don't matter. I can't oppose you. I like none of them. So you can't argue with me. You know, I'm just telling you, I don't like any of them. And I think the struggle is a lot of people are waiting for other people to come save them and help them. And dude, at the end of the day, it's you. You got God. Yep. You got you. And that's it. So I think they learn fundamentals. It's no different than if you do what you're doing. As you're learning, it takes you hours and weeks and months and years. They don't have this. What you'll teach your daughter you probably weren't taught, Absolutely. but now you get to teach it to her. Mm -hmm. 
And now she actually don't have an excuse to not, she can do whatever she wants, right? right? As long as she's happy. But dude, that's what we should be doing on a daily basis is figuring out how do we get this information out to people? Because we need to flip the script on the whole deal. Because I think there's a lot of really comfortable, wealthy people. I like to disrupt shit. What do you mean by that? I mean, they think they can't lose it. And then some idiot like me comes in and starts running a company and does a billion dollars a year. And they're like, what happened? I just kept working, bro. But you get soft and you get, and you get complacent, then I'm going to run you over. Because I didn't come from anything. And I'm starving. I'm starving today. You're still starving right now? Starving. But I'm not starving financially. So what is the hunger? The hunger is there's, you have an audience, right? You have a, you have a following. Right. right. That's why I want to come on. You have a following, you know? Um, if one per, if I say one thing that somebody goes, man, he's half an idiot, man, he's a little bit crazy, but damn, I took that, went and did it, and it changed his or her life and their family's life and their kid's life and their grandkid's life, that's what I want to keep doing. And you can't do that sitting around. And also, how many times people tell you you can't do it? You know, I was watching this thing on Charles Barkley the other day. They said, what motivated you? He said, my dad left us, which was fine. That didn't bother me, he said. But he said he would financially support us. And I used to go out to the mailbox looking for a check, and it never came. And then my Spanish teacher failed me, and I couldn't graduate high school with everybody else. He said, and that drove me for years until I found a bigger calling. But you had to find something bigger. So that, that anger motivated me for a while. Everybody telling me I couldn't do it. Everybody believed I couldn't do it. The people in my school, my mom, where we grew up, when I was young, young, it was poor. So we're like, no big deal. Nobody had any money. And then my mom moved us to a better town for sports. Okay. And I knew, I felt very uncomfortable. And I knew that people thought nothing. There was like nobody lived in subsidized housing. There was like one subsidized housing place in the town, and I lived in it. So they, you didn't take, two plus two is four. They yep. knew I'd have no money. Um, the good, I mean, but bottom line is they weren't going to say nothing because, you know, they like to talk behind your back, not exactly. to your face. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because I'll fucking punch them right in the mouth. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying you don't bother. No, I don't bother nobody. <laughs> right. You know, I don't bother yeah. nobody. So don't bother me. Mm. I don't go out and bother nobody unless you bother me. But I, I just, I was very uncomfortable and insecure because I knew that my mom was an awesome person, but we didn't have the opportunities that they had. Yeah. I knew that. Let me ask you this, because you spoke on anger. So do you feel anger is, like, absolutely necessary if you want to achieve great things? I, I think that there's got to be some kind of emotion in you that solicits some kind of reaction. Mine is mm. in anger, right? Okay. I'm angry for what I think I can have or my family can have or what my children could have. But if there's no fire... you to have a fire in you. You have to. And again, the problem is, unless you're going to wake up one day and invent something... And, but, dude, who does that? And especially in 2023, Today, what you going to invent? Everything's already. Everything's already invented, dude. <laughs> I mean, but you take some of the companies, and you, you got to have courage. You got to have a backbone. You got to have balls. You have to, dude. I mean, you think about all these people that did. Like, Uber was not a massive. Con dude, we could have figured that shit out. But a lot right. of people tried it and gave in. And when they got sued by everybody, they, they kept going. What I. Yeah. Ubered, but, right, they, right, right, but okay. the companies for them, they gave they up. up right. They're like, oh, this hard. The cab company's going to sue us. Dude, when I launched my insurance company, I was in litigation for four years. Damn. Oh, my God, dude. Millions of dollars I spent. But I would have died before I quit. And it wasn't even about the money. It was about, you're not going to treat me that way. I didn't do nothing. I work because wealth, real wealthy people, a lot of just generational wealth stuff, they think that they control things. And they think that, like, I wasn't put on earth to make other people wealthy. 
And nobody was put on earth to make me wealthy. <laughs> I was not put here by God to make anybody wealthy. And nobody was put here to make me wealthy either. Like, I want to mm. work with you and help it you develop wealth. Ways. It goes both ways. So you start looking at people, and then all you got to do is take somebody who stands up. And I tell people all the time, I told my son one day, he's like, history? I said, dude, history is important in school because it repeats itself. And you have to follow. Because if you start treating people the wrong way, they'll turn on you. And once there's more of them than you, it don't matter what kind of money you got. They'll mess your world up, dude. Dictators don't last forever. Nope. No way. So um, that's what that's what keeps me starving. That's a hell of a perspective when you just said you wasn't you wasn't put here to make somebody else wealthy, and no, no one way. was put here to make you wealthy. Uh -huh. I never thought of, I never heard no so nobody uh -huh. say it that way before. No, but a lot of us act that way, right? We yeah. show up. You know, it's funny. People will work harder at their job. Like you're doing what you're doing independently. No time clock. No boss. You're doing it. But a lot of folks will want to do what you're doing. Until the work, till they have to do the work. Until they have to do it at 8 o'clock at night or at midnight or at 5 o'clock in the morning or travel across country or go to Wisconsin, go wherever you got to go. They'll do it until they have to be sat. To, but they'll go to their job every day, 40 hours a week, bitch, moan, and complain about it. So until you internalize the fact that if you want to be great, go be great for you. Don't worry about making somebody else great. That's why capitalism works. Because most people believe they can't get wealthy. And that's, that's a lie. By the way, if you sit at home and go, it's a, the government's against me, the system's against me, you're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself. <laughs> you are. You're straight out. I don't care where you're from, what you look like. It doesn't matter. You can go achieve, I especially believe. in today's world. Yeah. You're right. I say it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You spoke, you spoke about uh, wealth a lot. So in your opinion, I often ask people this, like, what's the difference between wealthy and rich? Because some people say, I didn't heard people say different numbers. So what is it in your opinion? Dude, I, I'll tell you, um, wealthy to me is being able to make decisions, not worrying about money. I have a lot of nice stuff. Cool. Like you got a plane. Great. It's convenient. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I don't know. I drive my boat. It's big. It's a yacht, I guess. And a bunch of people can come on it. But like, it's just a possession. Like who cares? I mean, I, none of that stuff matters to me. I was wealthy the minute I could make decisions for the people important in my life without worrying about money. Like, if they needed something, kids wanted to go to school somewhere, my mom needed to get a medical procedure. Like, if I could just say yes to anything, not worrying about the money, I wasn't going out and buying helicopters every day or penthouses in every city in America. But when I could make decisions and not worry about money and also have my time, meaning like, dude, I don't like having a job. And by the way, I'm not mad. Dude, I did it, though, when I needed to do it. Right. I've had plenty of jobs. But I didn't like being told what to do by people that didn't do what I did. And also I didn't like being, I didn't like asking other grownups if I could have time off, go on vacation. I had a boss one day, he said, well, you know, if you're gonna get up, you know, you gotta let me know if you leave the floor. And I said, bro, let me explain something to you. If I wanna get him to go to the bathroom, I'm going to. If you think you can stop me, then you should try to stop me. Because in my world, it don't work that way. <laughs> I don't like people that are positional leaders or I, I don't like that kind of stuff. And I, I had a lot of inadequate people try to boss me around. So I think that was wealthy to me. Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I, dude, I'm, I'm good. Like from a monetary standpoint, I'm, I'm good. I'm really good. And, and I'm very blessed. 
But that's not what drives me. Like I don't sit around on a daily, weekly, monthly basis and look at what I have in this company over here, what I sold this company for, or what these tax municipal bonds are doing for me over here, what this investment is doing for me. Like, dude, I don't know. I just did a deal the other day. We got paid on. I was like, I did, forgot I did it. And I'm not like, I'm with good people. They're not going to hurt me. Like I've, that, this is all networking for me. Mm. Like this, all this is, is like, I like you a lot. You have a good soul and you're smart. This is networking for me. If I can network with good people that are similarly situated as me, life is really good. But wealth to me is being able to make those decisions and having time to do the things you want to do in life and be able to give back as well. And and I don't have a number on, I, I hear a lot of people on the on the internet and I don't like them, by the way. Like I like you, but I don't. I like, if you don't make 400 grand a year, you're a loser. It's like, bitch, why don't you call me a loser to my face? When I was making 51 grand working at the state, why don't you come to my house and call me a loser hiding behind the camera? I don't like that. And I don't, you don't, you don't ever dehumanize somebody, belittle somebody, because it doesn't matter. And by the way, your situation can change you know, like that. That's what, yeah. like that. So everything you got today, you could lose tomorrow. And I think that's why I stay hungry too, because I never had it. You know, if you never had it, you have it. Sometimes you're like, dude, this is weird, right? Like I'll go out of here tomorrow, go to the private airport and get a plane. That's weird. It's weird. It feels weird? It, it still feels weird. Wow. I'm cool with it because it seems surreal still. Like, I don't think- You can't believe it yourself. Yeah, like, I don't think the other people that have done it are better than me. Like, I know I can achieve, but it just is, it's surreal to me. And I think it's surreal because I'm so appreciative. And I'm oh. so appreciative because I'm like, dude, my life could have changed at any moment in time. You walk out here and make a mistake tonight and everything can go away. Yep. Like that. You can do the wrong thing, say the wrong thing. Now, me, I, I don't, like, I am who I am. So I, I worried about it. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't see, I treat people the way they deserve to be treated. I defend myself the way they deserve to be I just don't, I don't see a lot of the things where I got to worry about what I say and what, but I got to worry about what I do. I mean, I have to. We all do. We all do. We make a mistake in a minute, dude. You got an awesome baby girl now. You know, something could happen. I was on a podcast one day with a guy, and he was like, well, if you're walking through a bar and somebody slaps your girl in the ass, what would you do? I'm like, I'll fuck him up. What are you talking about what I do? He's like, well, I wouldn't do that. And I was like, I can tell you wouldn't do that. And he's and it, my point was, it's not about being big and bad. You still got to be able to sleep at night. But the reality is that something bad could happen, and I could get in trouble. You know, and that's never my intent but we're one bad decision or one bad break away from losing everything. And that gives me a lot of perspective, man. So I just try to, the business decisions I make, the people I network, my, my group, my network's small. Really? Yeah. I'll talk to all kinds of people, but my network, as far as where my money goes, is really circle. small. My circle's yeah, small. Inner circle. And I have a great inner circle. Did you, let me ask you this. Did you always have a tight inner circle like that, or did it take you time to realize that huh. the importance of that? It took me a lot of time because mm. I never knew. I hung out with everybody. Oh, if I could tell you some of the business investments I made early on with people I believed in. Oh, my God. And myself. What's that's, that? That's, that's, I'm asking you this question because that's something that I went through and experienced yeah. like a year, a year and a half, year and a half ago. Now, I value like a, just the tight yeah. inner circle. You know what let, I'm saying? Let, let me be clear, man. There's a lot of people who are out there and want your money. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to a, a, a buddy of mine the other day. And uh, he's in the NFL, he's active, he's good contract, big contract, great guy. And I said, man, let me ask something. They want you to invest in that real estate property 2,000 miles from your house. They want you to give them this and give them that and give them that. Like, dude, how does that make any sense based on the money you make today? Like, why would you do that? Because people seek out people they think have money. People call yes. me all the time. Now, me, I've gotten really good at going like, dude, how dumb do you think I am? I've gotten become really unapproachable 
to people that are going to come at me with bullshit. But it took me a while because I was all ears. I was excited. I'm going to get this guy had an app. Let's throw him a hundred grand. Oh, this, I mean, I, dude, I have to tell you some of the stuff. They still run the company, so I want to hurt them. But I've given people seven, $800,000. And you start learning that when somebody wants to give you stock or shares or they're willing to give away equity in a company, means they ain't got no value to them. That's what I, I learned early on. People are like, That's take this. You know, I'll give you equity in the company. I'm like, dude, if your company is worth something, the last thing you want to do is give up equity. Like, when I started making, like, the life insurance company doing hundreds of millions of dollars a year, dude, I wouldn't, like, people come to me all the time and go, I'll give you this much for this percentage. Hell no. I ain't giving up no equity. Like, I, I'm, I'm doing too well. Why would I want to give up my equity? And I, I, I had to learn those business lessons hard because nobody taught me. And then I found a couple people in my life that were wealthy, they're rich too, rich, wealthy, billionaires, good people, and they were willing to share their information with me, which was transformed, like that was, that was life-changing. But dude, I ask questions. Like, if we talk more, dude, I'll ask you tons about this, because I want to know. I want to know. I, and I don't want to know because I want to know just because I'm interested. And then also a lot of people won't share anything. Like me, you ask me anything about any business I run, I'll tell you. I don't care. We do, dude, the companies I run, we do our trainings online. People are like, you know, they all can watch a training. I go, I know they still have to be able to run the play. I don't care. Let them watch it. I don't even care if they work with me. They can sell life insurance somewhere else and get trained by me and make money there. And you go, why would you do that? Why not? Nobody else does it. Nobody does it. And I'm like, dude, if that guy goes and makes 800 grand, 200 grand, 80 grand a year and helps his family out based on the training I got, even if he works with somebody else, he'll come work with me eventually probably. But if he doesn't, so what? I'm doing the right thing by him. So I, yeah, I, it took me a long time to figure it out, man. I got a great accountant. You need a great accountant, great attorney, and great <laughs> financial guy. And great attorney, as you know, is crazy yep. important. And I protect everything like with, I t like just like you have to. You protect it with everything you got. Somebody's trying to mess with stuff, take your stuff, use your name. Dude, you go upside their head in public so they know never, never to mess with again. you. That's right. Pick somebody else. I ain't the one. Mm. You, you dropping some bars, man. I want to ask you this because before we started recording, you said your company did, if you mind me sharing. No, right? share whatever you, you want. You said you did $700 million last year. Correct. Paid business, yep. So talk about how did you get a company to that point because most people, they can never get their company to... I'm not shitting on nobody at all. I'm just yeah. speaking of the facts. Most people yeah. can never get their company to 100,000 in Correct. a year. Correct, 100%. To get to 700 million <laughs> is insane. So what, how did you do that? So we took a, like in any industry it works, right? I was sitting in a meeting probably 15 years ago with Arthur Blank, who was one of the founders. That's the owner of the Falcons? People, owner of the Falcons, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, very small meeting, like 12 people. And I'd paid to be in there. And, and dude, if I pay... I am going to wear you out with asking questions because I as pay. You should. As, as I you should. should. Yep. And everybody else is looking around. I'm like, I ain't here to just hang out. I'm going to ask. And I said, Mr. Mr. Blank, I have a question for you. What is, what was the, if you had to attribute one, like I know there's plenty of things, Home Depot, I mean, you sold it for billions. But if you could take one thing and go, I attribute the success of Home, he called it HD, because he probably said Home Depot so many times, of HD, what would the one thing be? And he looked me in the eyes and he said, a little bit of a lot becomes a lot. And I said, can you explain that to me? And he said, we took a concept, which wasn't complicated. There were all these hard, see, I'm, I'm 50. So y'all grew up with Home Depot and Lowe's and all that. Dude, back in the day, it was Smith's Hardware, 
Tom's Hardware, Main Street Hardware, and you went in and bought these paintbrushes and these screwdrivers for a massive markup. And there were these mom and pop shops. They still open five, six days a week. And his and he worked at one. And his concept was, I'm going to launch a company. I'm going to make a little bit on everything we do. But a little bit of a lot will become more than enough. Mm. So I la we launched an insurance company. I said to myself, you know what? We're going to pay more compensation. Like simple. Like here's the industry. Top, we're going to go here. I'm going to keep like nothing, but a little bit of a lot will become a lot. Now, what all my competition said was you won't make it three years. And the bottom line, dude, it was tough for three years. We didn't really make any money. Matter of fact, I was going through litigation. My attorney called me one day. He said, they want to subpoena your tax returns. I was like, shit, you should show them to everybody. I ain't making no money. People that work with me are making more than me. They'll be happy that I'm in charge and I'll make any money. Like we ran it really tight and we, our concept was everything was like this stool, right? It was a three-legged stool approach. And I think every business, you whether it's a mission statement, whatever you stand for, it had to be great for the client, like because our we work with middle American people. Life insurance. When I became wealthy, everybody wanted to help me. Well, nobody called me before then. Hey, nobody from these big companies mail me nothing, call me ever, send me an email. Nobody ever came to my mom's apartment when we were young and tried to like take care of us. Nobody ever did that ever. So I'm like, why don't we work in the middle American market where there's less agents and more clients? right? Let's make sure we take care of the client. It's going to be great for the client, great for the agent, and it can't harm the company. It'd be like you here going, you know what? My content has to be great for people listening to me. And you know, and run a company has to be great for the people that work with me and it can't harm me. And if you put yourself last, dude, the results are crazy, really? crazy. Because now all of a sudden everybody wants to be in business with you. Clients, no matter what you're selling, don't matter. I did the same thing in waste management. It was affordable waste. We found out what everybody else was charging. We charge less. And, but we had to do volume to make that kind to of money, money, right? I did the same thing in real estate. I was back in the day. I mean, you guys weren't even, you were, you were little, right? Like, dude, I was doing reduced commission back then. And before for sale by owner came out, I'm like, dude, eventually somebody's going to do this. So my idea was they're going to charge you six, I'll charge you four. And all my realtor friends would be like, we're not going to show your properties. I'm like, yes, you will. Because you'll take 2%. You ain't going to screw around over 1%. Around. So I, was, I wasn't greedy. And then I think we stayed true to who we were. And also, humble. If you don't stay humble, you get eaten alive. People want to hate you already when you're having success. Dude, I stay so, and I'm humble anyway. Like, I'm not special. I don't pretend to be special. Um, I'm not better than anybody else, but I will outwork other people. I do think I will work harder for other things than people will, but I'm not any better than anybody else. And nobody's any better than me either. Yep. So I, I think I live in that, and it's allowed us to, we've evolved technologically. When we needed to grow the company, I was not afraid to take on Capital. I wasn't afraid to give up equity when we need to scale it because you can't go from, do you start doing five, eight, ten million dollars a year? You can run it in a small technology platform. You start running a couple hundred million, dude. You need to put a lot of money into it. I was never afraid to spend money. Never. Whatever it costs, I'd pour it back in. And it it was the juice of it, dude. Like the juice of it's what gets me going. It's the it's like an all-in poker game just all the time. Really? Yeah, man. Yo, you I got I got so many I got so many questions I want to ask, but before before we uh I get to my next question, we're gonna take a quick intermission. So recently I was talking to somebody, right? And they was talking about how um it was at a conference and he was saying, because you 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 mentioned having a, a non-figure company and stuff like that. Like and he was saying the game, when you get to he was like, you get to you could get to seven figures hustling, get to six figures hustling. He was mm -hmm. like, the game isn't built for an eight-figure hustler. And I remember hearing it, and I, a lot of people in the audience, they was kind of confused by that. And I was yeah. like, 
it immediately made sense to me because I'm mm -hmm. like, at this, you get to this level, it's all about systems and strategies. 100%. Not just you just running around just randomly doing shit. I think you get a million doing like that, but mm -hmm. hitting eight, nine figures, I think it has to be more, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Structure. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think, well, it's spot on. I think you need an infrastructure that supports the growth, right? Especially in today's world. And it's also leadership development. I think that mm -hmm. a lot of people, dude, you can only go so far hustling on your own. You know, for me, what I really thrive in is developing people along the way. And and what I what I mean by that is putting them in positions where they get to win and lose at a higher level too. And also never taking credit. I was at a I was at a lunch one day. I seen this dude that I work with and he's like waving me over. I go over there and he's got his entire family there. And uh he introduced me to whole everybody. And I was like, nice to meet y'all, nice to meet y'all. And I don't I don't I can't remember how she was related to him. She said, um, uh, hey, do you like working for whatever, I think it was her brother-in-law. And I was like, I love working for him. She goes, he has done such a great job running the company. Well, should I run the company, right? She goes, he's done such a great job running the company. We're so proud of him. I hope he treats you good. I go, I'm gonna tell you something right now. He treats me unbelievable. I couldn't be any prouder to work for him. And I go on and on and on and on. And he's just looking at me. You can see him and like, he's like, he don't. So we get done. I'm like, great to meet you. I'll go back over. But he comes over a little bit later. He's like, hey man, listen, I'm really sorry about that. I said, sorry about what? He said, I didn't tell him I ran that. I just tell him I ran. I said, first of all, bro, you run your own company. You work with me and you run your own company. And don't ever apologize. Bro, I don't give a shit if you call me the janitor. I'm just happy to work here. And I think the problem is I had a very, very smart man one day tell me that companies implode when they get to a certain level because they run out of credit. And I thought he meant credit like money. You know, I'm like, well, they're making good money. Why can't they take on capital, leverage what they have? He goes, I'm not talking about money, Sean. He said, the guys or girls in charge want too much credit. So for me, I want none of the credit. If it goes bad, it's my fault. If it's going good, it's because I have great people. I already have 100% of the credit to give away. So now I take the next level of leadership and try to teach them the same thing. And if I get an outlier who's egotistical, dude, I, I know eventually that implode because he or she can never get that ego fed enough. They're like a right. bottomless pit. So I definitely agree. And also to that point, you have to bring on the right people to run those systems. See, I never had a, dude, I was the president, CEO, CFO, COO, call it all. But when you get a certain level, you need to bring on a, a CTO, technology guy, right? Chief technology person, CFO, you need all those positions. And I didn't need those early on. I, I wouldn't even, uh, you know, I said to a guy one day, man, I wish I had more money when we first started. He goes, would you have even known what to do with it? And I was like, Probably not. He's like, dude, you were just hustling to build something. Once it got big enough, I kind of took a step back and I didn't get taken advantage of. I had people that would call me all the time, wanted to come in and advise me and they had never done what I was doing. So I was like, I don't want to hear from anybody that's not done this. If you've done this, I'll talk. I don't give a shit where you went to school. I don't care how many degrees you got. Have you done what I'm doing right now? No, then don't talk to me. And I started really just getting with a lot of people that have been very successful, but it becomes a, it's a thinking man's game. Do we get that level? It's, mm. it's chess. It ain't checkers anymore. You can will a lot of businesses to a certain level. And then when you get big enough, the real big people want a shot at you. So the problem is when you're getting big, you tend to look, especially with social media, you tend to look like you're big on social media. There's a lot of people that, unless you know, social media, they look big and they're not. They're not big. They like some of them are watching you right now. Like they're not big. They look big. And I'm not, I'm not begrudging. Right, I'm just right, being right. a straight shooter. They ain't big, you know? And it's like for me, 
I always knew who I was and where I was, right? Like I know that and I'm willing to give the respect where people deserve it, right? But I also knew that as we were growing it, we'd look bigger than we were, which means the people that were massive would want to try to knock us down. Mm. And so for me, it was, it, we kept this, um, this battle mentality, dude. Like we were, and we're fighting for the, for, for the right reasons. So for me, it was always exciting. And that's what gets me up in the morning, dude, is when I go to bed at night, I think somebody's trying to, trying to take what I have. When I wake up in the morning, I think the same thing. I just do. I'm like, somebody woke up this morning thinking they're going to take a shot at what I got. And you know what? Buckle up, bro, because I'm going to keep working real hard, too. But I know that people are out there trying to do that. But, yeah, he, he, whoever said that, he or she's right, man. It becomes a very different game, and it's about aligning yourself with the right people. But it's not as complicated as people make it either. Like, I know the insurance business really well. Dude, I've scaled a lot of companies. I know those businesses pretty well, but I've gotten really good at um, having the right attitude all the time. I breathe life into people. Um, I allow people to see in themselves what I what I see in them. Um, like before you started doing this, did you know you'd be as good at it as you are? No, no. But if I had talked to you four or five years ago, and I'd been like, "Dude, he's sharp as shit," but you might not have seen it. You might have done it with me. You might have been like, "He's sharp," I, I, and I wouldn't have seen it. So one of the things I, I, I've done well at is helping people see that in themselves and put them in positions to win and putting them around other people that have done really well and going like, dude, you're, he's no different than you. She's no different than you either, and he's no different than you. There's no reason we can't go ahead and have what they have. So mm. it does become a different game. Um, and again, great attorney, great accountant. I'm telling you, dude, great financial guy or girl. And if you have those three things, and I, have, I mean, I have more attorneys now that I have trademark attorney. This one over here, this one, I mean, I, I don't even know. And they're worth every dollar that I spend. As you spend with them. Every dollar I spend, dude. Because you get big, everybody, everybody wants a can. shot. That's the, that's the nature of the business. And 100%. You've had your, how long have you had your insurance company at this point? It'll be, a, it was just nine years this past December. Only, been nine years. And our goal, talk about, talk about goals, when we opened the company, we opened the company, I was living in a house that was probably worth $130,000. I had a Honda, Honda Accord. About 250,000 miles, I was in Connecticut until I hit a deer and busted that radio. I would have kept driving that thing forever, right? And I remember being in our little office one day, and I said to the one employee I had, I said, we're going to be a billion-dollar company in 10 years. And I said, do you believe me? And he said, I believe you because you seem to believe you. I have no idea how we're going to get there. I have no idea how you're going to take us there. And I was just saying to him the other day, I'm like, dude, isn't it crazy? Like, we legitimately have a shot to be a billion-dollar company in our first decade. But, dude, you couldn't talk me out of it. Like, you couldn't convince me we weren't going to do it. You couldn't talk me out of it. I knew people would laugh behind my back. But it was like, and I told you earlier, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm never, I mean, I believe in God. I got a deep faith. I'm not remotely a pastor. I've made tons of mistakes in my life. Um, I have a healthy fear of the Lord. And we try to do the right things with the money we make too. And I think when you start giving back, I tell a lot of people, man, you know, you, you want to, you want to, you want to do better. You need to, you need to receive blessings. You want to receive blessings, go out there and serve, dude. I mean, I, I'm not going to, and I, I respect everybody. If you, right. Like you believe in God, you don't, whatever you, dude, I've just always been raised that way. Like, I don't care what you look like, where you're from, who you are, that just treat me the right way. You know, I was nine, I got hit by a truck. And uh, broke my legs, dislocated my hip, broke my arm, and I was in traction. If you ever dislocated a hip, you're in traction. And there was another, I'm nine, this this kid was eight, 
sitting next to me. And he got hit by a car and dragged underneath it for like 200 yards. Burnt, third degree burns. Never forget this kid, Kevin. And I remember after like the fourth day, I was like, dude, it's just the two of us. Like, there's no like, it's just two of us in a bed. We got one TV. Of course, we're going to talk, right? We're about the same age. And I said, um, hey, man, I said, you know, and I wasn't like that deep. I was nine. But his his nobody from his family would ever talk to me. Like, they would never say hi. And we were, dude, our beds were, it was, I mean, it was 1981. I know it freaks y'all out. But it was like 1981. There was a world and we were here. And, and so the hospital room was tiny, dude. We were probably almost as close as you and I are. So his family was like on top of me. And he said, uh, yeah, man, my, um, we won't talk. They won't talk to you because you're white. And I was like, really? And I'll never forget. I was like, I wanted to know so much about that because dude, I was nine. Like the people that grew up around me, when I was young, they looked like you, not like me. And I never thought anything of it. Right. I was like, dude, we just play ball. We hang out. Nobody treat me like I am who I am. They are who they are. But I'll never forget, like, remembering that I wanted to know so much about that so I could understand why he and his parents or everybody else felt that way. way. Like, I always wanted to do that. And I've always been that way, man. And, and um, oh, he ended up being great. They were great. We were in there for a while. My brother would come in every once in a while. And, and um, but... Life to me was about connections you can make and, and, and information you can learn. And uh, that's why people are intriguing to me. And I think I've stayed that way in the insurance business. And I know everybody says, find out what people's why is. Right. But dude, it's important. It, 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 it's, unfortunately, it's very abused in a lot of these things. Like a lot of these guys go and pay to go to trainings. Dude, they're better off like watching what you're doing because it's real. You got real people talking about real shit. Real shit. And they're going to go to meetings and pay to people way too much money. And the people on stage may not have done anything. And you've interviewed them where you know they're full of shit. Yep. Like, they've sat here. You know that. I don't need to push it. You know that. You're like, dude, he's full of shit. He, he ain't done any of this kind of stuff. But he, but he talks about it, right? They make yep. up stories. I was a drug dealer. Got beaten up. Got 20 stitches. <laughs> Bitch, no, you didn't. Like, And you can tell by just looking at him, it's a lie. But you're, you're like, okay, whatever. I'm, I'm interviewing him, the whole deal. And all I want is more people to figure out why they want to do something, what's holding them back. And we got to break this myth Getting wealthy, dude, is not about how you were raised. It's not about who your mom and dad are. It's not about who your uncle is. It's not about if you've made mistakes in your life. It's not about any of that. It's not about the color of your skin. It's not about your political affiliation. It ain't about any of that. It's we really live in the greatest country in the world to go achieve. Absolutely. We do. And I mean, like, you know, I'm 50. You about turning 30. Yep. You're from Chicago. I'm from Connecticut. We yep. have different backgrounds. We're sitting here. Chopping it up, talking about how people can do better. That's what life's all about, dude. That's what this whole thing's about. That's what gets me excited. I could talk to you for 27 hours about it, man. Damn, you guys. It, it gets me excited, dude. You like I said, I got so I got so much shit I want to ask you, man. You like, but first I want to say congrats on all your success. Hitting damn near a billion dollar company Appreciate in a dec it, man. decade is fucking phenomenal. Appreciate so, it, dude. But I want to ask you, so is this your first successful company? Um, to that level, to yes. The, to that level? Yeah. Like I, I got, um, my first successful company was real estate. Okay. Um, and I, you know, for me had built that up where I was probably making myself three, 400 grand a year, mm -hmm. which was like, dude, massive money. Like massive. When people ask me, what was your income goal? I never thought I'd make a million dollars in a year. I'll be honest. I never really thought about what I would make or not make. But I just wanted to do a lot better than I ever was raised. And back, dude, you understand, I graduated high school in 90. 
So back then, like to make a couple hundred grand a year was like shit. Like it was like you, he was making a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I the real estate thing was great. And in 08, when the market changed, I remember somebody said to me, "That's why I got in life insurance. Are you getting out of real estate because the market changed? And that's why you're not doing well." I said, "No, dude, I'm not. The market changed. I wasn't prepared for it like other people were. When markets change, like right now in 23, the economy's where it is." Dude, the strongest people will get even better because a lot of people, let's just take your, what you're doing now. There's probably plenty of other things you're doing, but right now what we're doing, there are so many people that started doing it. Stop. They stop. The economy's tough. Yep. It, it, it's hard. Dude, they got to grind yep. and they jumped out. The strong survive and thrive. And for me, but I also was always very honest with myself. Like if you're not where you want to be, dude, just don't lie to you. Lying to yourself is dangerous. Lying to other people is it's not good. Like, you shouldn't do it. But, dude, like, lying to yourself, when you start convincing yourself, if I had ever said in 08, yeah, man, the reason I got a real estate is the market crashed. Man, look what they did. Mortgage derivatives. Look what Wall Street did. They hurt us. I'm, if I was ever a victim, dude, how do you thrive when you're a victim? It's your life. You have control over it. You pick your own line in life. Dude, I make tons of mistakes. Believe me, I could sit here and talk to you forever. I was in a meeting the other day. The girl's like, I got married three times in one year. We had three different weddings. Isn't that amazing? I was like, I've been married to the same person twice for real married and got divorced twice to the same person. Mother of my kids. I mean, like, dude, what do you want me to tell you? People are like, what do you think about marriage? I'm like, ask somebody who's married and can talk to you about it. How the hell I know? What do I know about it? But be honest about it. You know, and I've never hid from the mistakes. out. Like, I make mistakes and own them. Like, nobody's looking for perfection. They're looking for transparency. Absolutely. Because we're pretty forgiving people, dude, because we want to be forgiven. Yep. But if you start lying to yourself, and the minute you go down that path of why you're not where you are, man, it's hard to dig out of that hole. So I've had, you know, successful companies. I had a waste management company. I'll tell you, that's the best That's the best lesson I've ever learned because it wasn't – I sold it and did okay. I made What'd some money. What did you sell it for? Oh, dude, if I sold the thing for a couple million dollars, it wasn't. I mean, but, like, I was lucky to get out, okay? okay? And and still, like, that's pretty good, right? It Life's is. not so bad. It ain't so bad. I mean, I've, you know, the insurance deal, you look at that and what it's worth, it's like, oh, my God, it's crazy. But, dude, I got all excited. I got tired. I was in real estate, and I got tired of paying to get rid of my dumpster. The company that I used raised the fee. And I was doing pretty well. I had done really well in real estate, had done really well in the market, had made some good investments, and I got pissed. And I think I got a little too full of myself. And I was like, you know what? Screw these guys. I'm going to open my own waste management company. Screw that. Why am I going to? He's going to charge more. Him. I'm going to get 100 dumpsters and do my own deal. And I remember that one of the guys I work with said to me, you know anything about it? I said, I don't know nothing about it. Go get me three trucks and 100 dumpsters. And I'll get a buddy of mine to drive him. He's an animal. He works 100 hours a week, and we're going to crush it. Okay? I know nothing about it. We get the dumpsters, and we're moving, dude. We are busy. Call it Connecticut Affordable Waste. I come down in price. I'm beating everybody's price. I'm going to crush it. We're about four or five months into and all of a sudden I get these invoices, and I said to my guy, I said, why are they charging us more? It's like, why am per ton am I paying more to get rid of all this waste? He said, I don't know. So I start calling around. Well, I realize in the state of Connecticut, there's three places to dump. They're owned by three families, and I ain't one of them. And we start having success. So what do the three of them do? And they go, just charge him more. Like, we'll put him out of business, just charge him more. He can't get rid of it. What are we going to do with it? Well, I never thought about it, never knew. And, of course, I decide, my guys tells me, I'm like, dude, go in and tell them. They don't know who we are. 
I got humbled real fast. Dude was like a bad, remember that movie Goodfellas? Yeah. Dude, it was like a bad episode of Goodfellas, dude. Really? Yeah, man. That first guy I went into, he had like, he was a big old, big old Italian guy. Shirt unbuttoned all the way down his belly button, Italian horn down there, sat back in a chair like this. And I walked into the office and he looked at me and he said, he said, having that guy come in here and talk to me like that was a mistake. I didn't, I said, I didn't have him do that. He said, he said, son, I've been doing this a long time. He said, we are completely in control of what you do and don't do. I was like, man, these guys are serious. And I learned right then and there. Number one, I hadn't done a lot of research. Number two, I thought busy was, was profitable. And I actually learned we were running all over the state of Connecticut, dumpsters everywhere. And I finally sat down and said, you know what? Let's, con let's confine everything to like two towns. Like, let's just do, we ain't going to, and if, if it's outside of these two towns, don't bring the dumpster. By the time we drive it there with fuel, insurance, and then start using, start selling to homeowners, not co contractors. Contractors, number one, don't pay their bills. They're paying the ass. You been in real estate? Yep. They're paying the ass. They are. The crews are different. They fucking rob you. you. Dude, they'll yeah. rob you. They'll yeah. change the price overnight. They'll steal your shit. So I was like, we're going to do only homeowners in these two towns. And before I thought I was excited. And the guy that ran it was like, man, we got all of our, we never had a dumpster. They were always out. Dude, we went from having no dumpsters in inventory to having half of them sitting still and started making money finally. But I didn't control where they dumped. So I really, it was only, I ended up having to sell to one of them. Wow, so it was one of the family. What are you going to do? Like, get to a point. I learned a ton about business. Um, it was a cool ride, right? I got out, made money, life is good. But it was one of those things where I had to learn that there's always a bigger bear. Like, as good as our company is, we'll do a billion Dude, there's, there's bigger bears out there. And you have to know when you're not the bigger bear. I mean, if, you know, if, if, if some dude walks in here and he just won some MMA championship and he's like, you want to fight? And I'm like, I better be fighting to defend myself because I don't really like, like, I'm pretty sure you're going to win. He's the bigger bear. Like, I get that. What am I, I'm going to take him outside and whoop his ass? You know, like you, but that's how people get hurt. They don't know. And I just, what I should have done is done more research. So real estate, I did a lot of research and watched. I bought tons of rental property. I got very lucky and I did. Lucky, blessed, call what you want. I sold every one of my rental properties. They closed as a, as a group. Um, they were out of, they were international investors, came in through New York and bought them all. Two weeks before COVID hit, I closed. Two, I had hundreds of rental units that you, I packed up idea? and sold for millions. No idea. None. Dude, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not trying to be like, I don't know, dude. Like, the more we've given back, like, I literally one day woke up and I was like, you know what? I'm going to liquidate all my all my real estate. I'd had it for like a decade. I'm like, I'm just going to liquidate it. I remember my even my accountant was like, why do you want to do it? Like, dude, your occupancy rate is high. Like, the money's good. You've It took us a long, like, you're, like, you're just printing money. And I'm like, I'm just going to sell them, dude. Like, I, I couldn't even tell you why. I, to this day, can't tell you why. Even when I was getting close to closing, I'm like, and I never questioned doing it. And it's funny because right before the closing, they had called me up. I had outstanding permits from like well before I owned them. And the, the buyer said, you have to clean them up. And I remember my guy said, dude, don't do that. He wants, screw that, screw him. He wants a $25,000 credit. I was like, dude, do the $25,000 credit. Had I ever not done that and not closed them, I would have been fine. I would have kept working. I would have lived my life. Right. But, dude, nobody paid rent for two-plus years. Yep. And in Connecticut, you weren't collecting nothing. Like, nothing. They just would have lived there for free. And that would have driven me crazy, by the way, too. 
Because I would have gotten to the point where, like, I would have felt like I was being taken advantage. Tell people about real estate. If you want to get in real estate, if you get emotional, don't do it. Don't do it. It's an emotional roller coaster, dude. It just is. If you can realize it's just business and don't take it personally. And I think that's the other thing I learned, dude. I don't take stuff personally, business personally. Like, if you and I do a business deal, it goes good, doesn't As long as you didn't lie to me, you're up front. I was the same way. Like, life's good. I don't take it personally. I just don't nothing. People say stuff. I don't. I don't. I don't pay attention to. Uh, it's business, dude. I ain't got no energy to chase everybody around. What's in business? What's your biggest loss you took? <sighs> Man, I um, I had probably my third year in real estate. I was buying and selling, flipping houses. When flipping houses, nobody was doing it. Now everybody does it. So like. It's like Airbnb, everybody does it, you know. But, dude, you can go to these cities now and Airbnb something for nothing because there's so much inventory. So much, yep. Like, people get screwed. And a uh, guy I knew called me and said, hey, I, dude, I got a, I got a um, God, piece of property, and we can do a, a senior housing project there. The town told me they'll accept it, yada, yada, yada. So I dropped a couple hundred grand in the land. I mean, engineering, dude, I'm into it for a million plus. And I'm about, I'm about a month away from getting the full approvals from the town, right? So if you, when you do these projects, depends on what state you're in, but most of them have a local planning zoning, wetlands commission, all that kind of stuff. And uh, everybody started fighting the development. And I was like, dude, what's everybody freaking out about? Like, it's in the middle of nowhere. Well, I'd come to find out that there was a guy that had gotten murdered on the property. And... Um, the family, like it was a local town family, right? Like dude was hunting, they hunting accident, but the guy still went to jail. Like he shot dude, like boom, shot him, he died. And dude, it got so out of control. And I'm like, first of all, I felt for the family. Like I don't want to, like I'm not trying to bother nobody. I just, like if I had known that happened, I would never bought the land, right? right. And now I could have gone back to the guy that sold me the land because he didn't disclose it to me, but he didn't have no money. You know what I mean? So he was desperate. And dude, I lost... And I mean, dude, I financed it. I lost a clean million dollars and I didn't have nothing. Dude, that was the hardest. Like, I never forget. My kids were young. I remember sitting in the parking lot of the meeting when I finally knew it was dead. Like, it was just a dead deal. And, dude, I was just had tears in my eyes. Like, I was like, and it wasn't about the money is about feeling like I let my family down. And I'm like, man, I worked so hard and I finally just started to make money and 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 then also knew I had to pay some of the money back. And I borrowed the money, like hard money. You know, like mm. hard money's hard. It's bad. It's it's you know, you do it only when you have, have to. to. And and I had points and the interest rates and um dude, I'll be honest with you, dude, that was probably the worst attitude I had. Like I'm not a I don't tend to be like a, uh, you know, a, I'm not a quitter. I'm not a victim. That was as close as I got to saying, you know what, dude, I'm just going to get take my job. What am I trying to do? Like I started, dude, for about three, four days, I was like, this is, and I finally, I don't know, fourth or fifth day, I was like, dude, you're being a bitch. You had a loss. It was a life lesson. You learned it. What was the lesson in that? The lesson in that was I wasn't humble about it. I didn't know enough about it. I didn't do enough due diligence. I didn't surround myself with anybody that knew what they were doing. Um, I got too big too fast. And I honestly think I needed to be humbled. I don't think I was egotistical. I think I was so, because I had a couple successful real estate deals, I thought, why not jump into something I don't know? 
So from that moment on, I stayed in my lane of things I knew. Mm. Um, if I didn't know them, then I, I found people that did. I made smarter business decisions. I knew I'd lose money at times. I'd go up and down. I was cool with that. But when I sat down and looked at it, I was like, I didn't have any way to leverage it. I, I paid way too much for it, way too much in interest. And had I just went down to the town. So I started doing, what's weird is the next year, I started again doing these developments and they became, I mean, I did a, a 11 lot subdivision, which I made millions on. I did a bunch of big pieces, but all I did do was go down and ask questions. I went down and found people and I walked away. Had I went down to that town and taken an hour out of my day and met with the town planner and said, hey, tell me what you know about this piece of property over here. Why is this sitting here? Why is it vacant? Had I just done that? Instead, I just walked in like, dude, I know I'm, I'm smart. I've done this before. Get out of my way. And, and I'll tell you, the meetings I sat in were the, was the most, un, because it was like people were just up talking about me like I wasn't even there. Like I was the worst person that ever walked the face of the earth. And I learned that if I've done my due diligence, then life is really good. You know, and I'll leave you with this on the real estate deal. About four months after that, I went to look at a piece of property. And I looked at it quick. I knew it was a winner. I'd done enough research. I didn't know how big, I bought the thing full price they wanted. It was on a lake, had four additional building lots. I bought it for 450 grand and immediately started subdividing their lots. The dude next to me was really wealthy, owned like the ferry companies, all kinds of stuff. He decided to sue me. And uh, instead of being crazy, so I, call, I got his number. I called the guy. I couldn't get his number. I said, give me his number. I'll give you $5,000. When I settle this, I told him, I said, give me his phone number. True story. You give me his phone number. I'll give you 5000 If I settle this with him, I'll give you $5,000. I called him. I was like, hey, dude, listen, you don't know me. I don't know you. I'm never going to quit. So why don't you and I just have lunch, figure out what the lots are worth, Come up with a deal that works for both of us. I bought it for four fifty, sold to him for one point four, made a million dollars in three months. Did nothing. I spent five grand to my buddy for a phone number and probably seventy five hundred bucks in engineering. So I did my due diligence. I wouldn't back down moving forward. I knew I'd still lose, and I decided don't be a freaking crybaby, dude. When life punches you in the mouth, that's part of the lesson. Because what happens to most people when they get hit is they go back to I wasn't born with any money. Nobody taught me. I, I realize how hard it is, and they just play the victim. Dude, I'm never going to play the victim. No matter what happens, I'm going to own my shit. And it's allowed me to be very successful and help a lot of people be very successful too, which is more important than the money. And I, this, this is the final question I got for you. So for the, per, for the person, male or female, that's listening to this, right, and they want us to have a massive company, a massive yeah. business, that's their dream. What is your best piece of advice for them? Just for those that's like thinking like, I can't, I don't know if I can really do it. Everybody around them telling them like, you can never fucking do that. Yeah. Like what is, what's, what's the piece of advice you have for them? First of all, you have to take the people, you have to be really careful who you allow to speak into your life. And what I mean by that is you have to be deadly, crazy, dead ass serious about it. Meaning when people are going to bring you down, you eliminate them. Not forever, for a period of time. Can't talk to them, can't listen to them. And you have to decide that you can do it. And the reality is, dude, there's so many industries out there that are looking for people that don't have anybody out there. Because here's what I realized, just like you, and like a lot of other people, I was smart and I could relate to a lot of people. Most people are smarter than they think they are. And if you can relate to a lot of people, and I watched people do it and I emulated them. I watched oh, what they key. did. 
I watched what they said. I watched how they walked into a room. I watched they didn't chew gum when they were talking in front of groups. I watched how they shook people's hands. I watched how they made them feel. And then I watched unsuccessful people do stuff and did the opposite. I became a student, dude. Become a phenomenal student. Believe in yourself and eliminate talking to people that are going to breed their bullshit. Because you can count on one hand, last thing I'll say, one hand, the amount of people are going to pull for you in your life, that it doesn't benefit them. One hand. If you think you got hundreds, you're full of shit. On one hand, the people that will pull for you if it doesn't benefit them. That's deep. That's deep. And wrapping up, I just want to say, man, I appreciate you taking the time to come out and come on. I want to do this shit again, man. Hey, man, me too. I want to do this shit Dude, again. Dude, I, I yeah. definitely want to do it again, yeah. bro. I'm in. Well, plug in all your stuff where people can follow you and all that good stuff. So my name, it's it's Sean. Last name is Mike. M-E-A-I-K-E. You find me on Instagram under my last name. Punch Me in the Face is the podcast. We ain't got nothing like you got going no, on. No, we're try, no, we're trying to grind it. Wrote a book called Punch Me in the Face. Quick read. We, we donate the money to the Dream Center, any proceeds we get. So you want to help them out, help us out. It's a quick read about how life will punch you in the mouth and how you got to get back up. But you can find me on Instagram. Follow me, please. YouTube, Punch Me in the Face. Um, and that's just about life's going to whack you, dude. You got to learn to get back up. And you guys, you all know you can find me on all platforms. I'm at Xavier C. Miller. That's on Twitter, Instagram. You can follow the Millionaire Mindsets. That's on all platforms as well. YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And once again, man, I really appreciate you coming appreciate to do this, man. You, I want to, I want to, I want to do a uh, part two soon. So we we gonna we gonna talk about it. And that's all I got for y'all on this episode of Millionaire Mindsets podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace.